Have you ever faced crippling discouragement? Felt like you just didn't measure up, like you weren't cut out to keep doing what you were doing? Have you ever quit something and regretted it? Feeling like you had just been tricked by something or someone. If that's you, this is the show for you because we're going to be discussing how to discern the voice of the resistance that is demonic interference. That's where we're going right here, right now on the Supernaturalist podcast show. Let's go. Welcome to the Supernaturalist Podcast Show, where emerging revivalists and extraordinary leaders share inspirational experiences that will help take you to a higher level. Now here's your host, Darren Stott. Guys, 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 and gals, what's up? Welcome to the Supernaturalist Podcast Show. If we haven't met yet, my name is Darren Stott, lead pastor at a church called Seattle Revival Center, author of a book called Pattern Interrupt, pick yours up at Amazon, and founder of Supernaturalist Ministries. This show exists to connect, equip, and promote emerging supernaturalists on a global level. And I trust that's why you're listening is because you are a supernaturalist on the earth, a revealer of Christ Jesus himself, his character and nature, his authority and power. If that's you, I'm so glad that you took the time out to listen to today's show. Today's show is brought to you by SupernaturalParents.com. So if you're a mommy, a daddy, a grandpa, a grandma, if you are training up some children in the ways of the spirit and it's your desire to go a little deeper, then check it out. It's HD and it's free. It's yours at SupernaturalParents.com. That's my gift to you, so go and check it out. Today, we're talking about discerning the voice of the resistance. That'd be demonic interference. This is a show for all y'all who are about to do something new, or you just recently stepped out, you're taking some risk, and you're doing some things that you've never done before, or you've been engaging in some stuff for a little bit of time. Maybe there's some frustration and some discouragement, and you want to quit. If you're in any of those boats, I'm so glad that you're listening. This show is absolutely for you, because we're going to be talking about discerning the voice of the resistance, that voice that comes from the enemy that wants to get you to quit. Okay, so that's where we're going to be going um, right now. So first of all, my question is, is when does the resistance show up? When does that demonic interference show up? The first time it shows up is right when you're about to do something new, right when you're about to do something that you've never done before. That's when the enemy's going to show up. He'll show up in a number of ways. Of course, he'll show up with um, fear. Um, he'll show up um, to exploit your incompetence. Sometimes a lot of people think that they can't do what God has called them to do until they got it all figured out. And that's just absolutely a lie, especially if you look at the model given to us in God's word through Jesus recruiting the, the disciples. He only does three years of intentional discipleship and then he takes off and he says, all right, this whole thing, this thing that we call the kingdom of God as to how it's going to play itself out on the earth, it's going to play itself out through the leadership of the 12 um, and, and then through this model of discipleship and multiplication. And so it's incredible how empowering Jesus is. 
um, is in the New Testament. And it's incredible how empowering our Father God is even to uh, this day. And so if you're waiting to have it all figured out, if you're waiting until you're smart enough, until you're good enough, then you're going to be waiting uh, really for the rest of your life. And that's really one of the purposes of this show is for me to get on here and just to encourage you because so many people live with daily discouragement and they just make discouragement a friend, a roommate, and they dance with discouragement each and every day. And they never necessarily engage with their own personal call or destiny because each day um, discouragement is winning and it's putting people in their place and taking them out of the race. And so that's really one of the purposes of this show. But for those of you that are that are about to do something new, but you just don't think you're ready yet, you just don't think, you know, I would encourage, I would encourage you um, to begin moving now, begin moving forward, knowing that um, oftentimes you have to take the first step before you get to the second step, before you get to the third step. But when you're afraid to take the first step uh, because of your lack of knowledge or your lack of experience or your lack of whatever, well, again, so many of us are being ruled by fear and lack, and it's keeping us um, from taking that very first step. And so know this, if you are um, afraid, you're not weird. There is the voice of the resistance and it's coming and it's a and it's demonic interference to keep you from engaging with your eternal call with that place of your ordination before your creation. Uh, Paul would say that he was ordained before he was even created. And so uh, uh, it's really, really important that you begin moving forward. The movement begins with your movement. Okay. And so uh, when does, when does the resistance show up? Anytime you're about to do something new. The second time the resistance shows up, demonic interference is, while you're doing something new. So just because you take the first step doesn't mean that the resistance is going to give up and it's attack um, to, uh, to get you stuck and to pull you out of the race. So right when you begin doing something new, demonic infer- interference is going to show up. And here's the other time um, is right after you've just done something new, something for the very first time, you've just completed it, you've just accomplished it, you've just fulfilled a certain commitment that you've made. And now it's done. Oftentimes, uh, demonic interference, the resistance will show up at that time as well. Um, this, uh, th- this, this plays out in a number of, I mean, um, for me, when I first uh, uh, got into ministry, um, I couldn't discern the voice of the resistance. I just assumed it was my own internal head voice. And because of that, I engaged with the voice of the resistance to the point of being discouraged for way too long. And, um, but thank God at a certain point by God's grace, I discerned it as warfare. I was able to share it. And um, we'll get into some of that here in, uh, in, in just a second. The enemy, the resistance, he has a commitment, okay? He's got this commitment and he wants to make sure he is committed to keep you from growing, from being challenged or used by the Lord, okay? So the enemy comes to do three things. The resistance comes to do three things. Number one, to keep you comfortable 
comfortable, okay, to keep you in your comfort zone. Number two, he comes to keep you predictable, okay? He comes to create a pattern by which that pattern will define your identity and your life, okay? And it'll bring your own communities around you into the belief that they think they know you because of the behaviors that have formed into patterns throughout your past. And the third thing the enemy comes to do is to keep you task driven so that there's no need to really hear from God. There's no need to really even pray. Uh, uh, nevertheless, uh, like uh, actually have to obey. And so um, the enemy comes to keep you so task driven, so task focused that your life just becomes a hamster wheel experience where you're running as fast as you can. You're doing everything or really accomplishing very little for the kingdom of God or even necessarily for your own legacy, which the two go hand in hand. So the enemy comes to keep you comfortable, predictable, and task driven. Now, there are different ways that I've been attacked in ministry, and I want to be kind of transparent in three specific ways that I've seen the enemy show up, um, uh, where I've seen the resistance show up within within my life. Um, the first area is regarding um, timing. So before I actually got the title, I had an anointing for pastoral ministry. In fact, um, people around me... Um, uh, sensed the anointing for pastoral ministry all my life before I was even aware of it. Okay. And so uh, when I became aware of that anointing and, and I heard the call of God uh, uh, for my life, it was kind of like, I imagine what David must have felt like when he was anointed king, but had to wait quite a long time before he got the title and be- uh, quite a long time before his, before his authority was actually recognized. So this is, um, when the enemy comes to attack. And one of the ways I saw that, that the resistance show up in my life was in the timing. Uh, I had the blueprint, but I didn't have the calendar. And frustration came in and the enemy uses frustration in order for us to engage with the wrong opportunities. For me, I was invited by another ministry to join another ministry, to begin serving uh, another house. They offered everything that I wanted, uh, salary, uh, payment for uh, an education at a major university that would would really help me in my own uh, call, this call from God. Uh, All the externals said, this is an incredible opportunity that you shouldn't pass up. Um, the problem was, is that, um, that, uh, that, yeah, I had my blueprint. I didn't have my calendar. So there was frustration and the enemy came to exploit that frustration so that I would prematurely step into something outside of the right season. So the enemy comes, um, uh, 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 when there's the enemy comes to bring frustration when we don't necessarily have a clear future. And here's the thing about the Lord. Here's the thing about, about our God is that oftentimes he, he keeps the process and the calendar hidden in the background. So oftentimes we, we know where we're going. We just don't necessarily know when we're going to get there. Why, why would the Lord do that? Because um, for our father, this is all about the journey. It's all about that forging character within the fire. It's all about this thing of, of, um, of not just doing this stuff, but really reflecting the character and attributes of who our father is. And so, so many times we think it's all about what we do, but really at the end of the day, our Christianity isn't necessarily about what we're doing as much as who we actually are. Who are we? And and the person that we are 
does it harmonize with who our father is? And to the degree that there's dissonance, to that degree, our father will allow us to continue in the process, to remain in the fire until until that stuff can get worked out, until that dross can get can get purified and burnt and brought to the surface and scraped off the surface of our hearts. So embrace the process and when frustration shows up, know that the resistance shows up within the frustration to get us to abort the true blueprint by engaging with a counterfeit blueprint, okay? Engaging with something that looks identical to the call of God for your life, but you know in your heart it's not it's 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 not the true call. It's a counterfeit call. So, again, one of the ways that the enemy has shown up within my life is in this place of trusting God's timing. Okay. And then, uh, thank you. I mean, thank God for just his grace, um, and for, and for just discerning within that moment so that I didn't leave this, this family that I was my family, this DNA, this place of not just my call, but a place of inheritance. That's the, the war was over that place of inheritance and, and, and DNA and spiritual DNA. The second area uh, when the, where, where the enemy has shown up within my life, when the resistance has shown up, demonic interference is in this place of connection. And now I noticed this once I actually stepped into pastoral ministry, there was this place of feeling alone and isolated and, and really um, I would, I would, the word choice that I would use is just misunderstood. Oftentimes I would be communicating in a certain way without realizing how I was actually communicating. And so, um, uh, there's the frustration before you step into your call. And then there's that moment where you actually step into your call, but the momentum that you are anticipating is not the actual uh, uh, momentum that you are experiencing. And it's like you, it's like you, a lot of us young people, we, we have a vision for ministry and we kind of think that we're going to step right into our prime. And again, the problem with that is the process. Um, uh, so very few, very few people actually get to step into a full-time ministry dynamic at Bethel in Reading. Very few people get to go from high school into a full-time job where you're doing ministry, you know, like at Bethel Church in Reading. Um, I mean, that's what everybody wants, <laughs> right? But, um, but, but that's usually not actually what uh, takes place. But when you do step into that ministry dynamic, into that new job dynamic, and you had a vision for how things were going to go, you started a ministry. You started a nonprofit. Um, you've started a business. Um, you, you're engaging in something new. You're you're really in this place of of right at the beginning and the embryonic part of your call and destiny. Oftentimes, there's the feeling of being misunderstood, of of feeling alone and isolated. You're trying to communicate the vision, but people just don't see it. And the enemy shows up during that time of stepping into something new. Um, and if you partner with that, it can pull you into this place of isolation and pride. The resistance comes to say that nobody will ever understand you, that nobody will ever really get you, that you can't really trust anybody. And you'll never really have that place of connection. And the resistance comes to keep us from engaging in that place of community. And, um, and we'll talk about really how to walk through some of this stuff. The third area that the enemy um, has shown up is... Um, 
is after you've just done something. And I, and I brought this up before, but I'll, I'll give you some examples. Um, when I first stepped into ministry, there were times when I, was, when I was done preaching, I felt like I did a horrible job. And the internal voice, the voice of the resistance, this demonic interference came to begin comparing me with people that had been doing this for a long, long time and were very fruitful and, and great at what they're doing. The enemy came and, and, and got me to start comparing myself to other preachers, other pastors, pastors and other ministers. And I, because I didn't discern that as the voice of the resistance, because I didn't discern, discern it as warfare, it would pull me into some incredibly low places after doing ministry. Now I realize that that it's absolutely, it's, it's a war over your perception of your identity. It's a war after uh, a revelation of true reality, of knowing yourself for who you are in Christ instead of just knowing yourself for who you are in your own talents, giftings, and abilities. But right in the very, very beginning, I, you know, it's like I knew that where I was going emotionally wasn't healthy, but I didn't know what to do about it. Now, this is good news and bad news. <laughs> uh, to the same degree, the enemy uses the same attacks and the same tactics, okay? So even though now I've been in pastoral ministry for over eight years, um, just recently, um, uh, I woke up. I didn't. I, I hadn't even done ministry. I mean, I, I literally, I woke up and my head was in this cloud, was in this place, this cloud of comparison. I woke up in this negative state where I felt like I just wasn't measuring up. There were um, circumstances that were waiting for me. As soon as I woke up, I sat up in bed and my head went into these circumstances and immediately the enemy began comparing me to other pastors and other leaders and I felt the weight, the shame of being a bad pastor. And by God's grace, because I've been in this little while, I immediately discerned it as warfare, the voice of the resistance. So literally, sometimes this whole thing is just about time and maturity and in and being in enough fights. I was just talking with my buddy yesterday about this topic, but really just being in enough fights with the enemy to where you realize how the enemy fights. So when he comes to attack you, you can quickly d discern it instead of dancing with it and engaging with it. So again, three ways in my life, timing, that place of connection, connecting with others, and then of course, in that place of comparison and um, how the enemy comes to compare us with others so that we feel um, less about ourselves. And we feel like, hey, we're really not, you know, the enemy comes basically just to tell you that your contribution is a waste of time. You really aren't contributing to anything and you might as well just quit. And that could be, you know, oftentimes that's the spirit of suicide shows up in this way, saying that you're a bad mom, you're a bad daddy, that um, that you're not helping out around the house, that your contribution to your family is 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 not good at all, and that that somebody else could easily replace you and do a better job. That's the voice of the enemy. That's the voice of the resistance. That's demonic interference. And it's coming not just to get you to quit in that particular case, it's actually coming to get you to end your 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 scroll, to end your story, to prematurely um, a step out of this beautiful poetry that God is writing for your life. And that voice is a lying voice. And so even if the enemy use, uses facts, actual legitimate facts in order to crush who you are or the way that you see yourself. The truth is, is that you are not the sum of all the facts. You are the living poetry of Christ Jesus being created on, on the earth.
Now, um, when I find myself in this place of warfare, in this warfare, warfare dynamic, one of the things that I tell myself is, wait a sec, this ain't me. <laughs> in fact, if you've been facing any of these thoughts, if you've been going through any of this kind of warfare resistance, just just declare this to yourself right now. Just say, wait, 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 wait. Well, hold up, hold up, hold. Up. This ain't me. Just, 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 you know, just, just say, just say, this ain't me. And in fact, I've often used this line when, um, when the enemy comes with temptation. I'll, I'll say, you know, when I was when I was younger, I would equate temptation with my own internal uh, depravity. <laughs> Which is if you if you've read my book, you'll understand that that's one of the one one of the attractive parts of Calvinism to me <laughs> was that a Cal Calvinism was like yes, finally a theology I can grab a hold of because of the whole um, depravity teaching um, and understanding. Um, but now, when the voice of the resistance comes, when the tempter comes, I'll say that ain't me. This ain't me. I, I know this voice. Once you can discern the voice, you can displace the voice. You can replace the voice with the truth of the word of God. Okay. Awesome. So let me give you some solutions. Let me give you some ammunition, some stuff that can help you out with this. The purpose of this podcast was to help you to discern it. Okay. But I want to, oh, let's go a step further. This is the freebies. Okay. And I, you already know, if you, if you know me at all, you immediately know where I'm going to go first. Can you guess it? Community. Number one, community is a pattern interrupt, okay? And here's the thing about the enemy. He comes to get uh, to bring us into this place of isolation to where we feel like we can't trust anyone. Um, you'll say, I'm going through this. I'm in this dark place, but I can't talk about it because I can't trust anyone. They'll see me differently. I can't be real. I can't be seen. I can't really share about this because it's going to affect it's going to affect my standing within the community. It's going to it's going to affect people's perception of me. But let me just say this, like in my own in my own life that there is the kind of darkness that just can't I mean that just can't be shattered outside of community. I mean, there's been times when I just couldn't pray myself out of a certain place. And when I've found myself in those places, I have shared what I was going through. And I'm so thankful just because the team that I'm running with, there's never been a time when I've sh shared like what I was going through. And the team said, well, that's your fault. And that's why you're a bad pastor. <laughs> no, like, like whenever I've had the, the opportunity of sharing the warfare and the voice of the resistance, it's almost like they don't have to say anything back. It's like the second I share it, this, it comes into the light and the darkness shatters. That's one of the beautiful parts of community is um, is oftentimes it's not, you know, the enemy comes to say that, well, what are they going to be able to tell you that you don't already know? You know, that's one of the lies of the enemy. But it's not about new information. It's just about communication that within community that as we share, as we just get it out onto the table, oftentimes it's not about what's even being said. It's the whole principle of bringing something into the light, walking, watching the darkness shatter. And oftentimes, nine times out of ten, just by bringing it up, there's illumination and revelation immediately that absolutely transcends any sort of uh, conversation. The conversations are always valuable, 
right? But just by bringing it up, just by sharing. So community is a huge pattern interrupt. Community is absolute ammunition against the kingdom of darkness. That within the kingdom of darkness is isolation, hurt, rebellion, confusion, and offense. But within the kingdom of God, there's this place of family, community, transparency, vulnerability, love, and honor. And these are all uh, things that will that will abs- that are absolutely essential in order for us to step into our destiny because the resistance will be a resistance every time you attempt to engage with your eternal call. The second solution may sound a little boring, but I'm going to throw it out. Theology, okay? Correct theology. Theology is not a set of of dogmas that have been framed up by dead white guys, okay? Theology is your your understanding of who God is and who you are in him. That's what theology is. So it's important for us to have correct theology lest religion sneaks in to keep the pressure and our attention on us. Religion comes to break us, to confuse us, to trick us into thinking that we are our own functional savior and hero. But true theology, it keeps Christ as the hero, the focus. And so there's something about having the a proper understanding of grace, a proper understanding of Christ-based righteousness, lest you be duped into thinking that it's your performance that, um, that qualifies you or that prepares you, lest you think that it's your performance that qualifies you to step into the supernatural realities of heaven. No, this ain't about your performance. This is all about the perfection, the perfect performance of Christ Jesus on the cross that he and his perfection stood in the gap, taking on all our imperfection, all our rejection, all our rebellion. He took all that on himself so that we could stand in the present within his perfect performance. Put on your Christ righteousness, okay? Put on your Christ identity. Stand in him. Let Christ Jesus speak on your behalf, lest religion comes to shame you and and to convince you that you're just not measuring up. You without Christ, Darren without Christ, <laughs> we, we don't measure up, period, okay? But you and I in Christ Jesus, um, uh, like, when we stand in him and we get a revelation of who we are in him, then all of a sudden it takes the attention off of ourselves to have to prove something. Okay. So solutions, ammunition, number one, community, number two, right theology. And then number three is pace, P-A-C-E. You see, Darren, what are you talking about? Why do you got to always be weird with your third point? All right. When I say pace, I believe that you and I, we've got to pace ourselves for the long race, okay? Um, uh, We've got to look at how we're running right now and ask ourselves, is this pace sustainable? Because I don't know about you, but um, I I think about the end. I think about my funeral. I think about how I want to be known. I think about what I want people to say about me when I'm gone. And when will I be gone? Am I only going to be here five more years, 10, ten, 10 more years? How you and I, how we run right now, okay, uh, that is going to dictate how we finish. So we've got to pace 
ourselves for the long race. And if we can remember to pace, there will be a grace for the race, but there's got to be a certain level of patience and endurance, meaning that you don't need to fulfill and accomplish every single stinking prophetic word tomorrow or even this year. But like I said at the very, very beginning, if you're not moving, if you're not running, if you're not doing anything, then this pace conversation, it's not even its not even something that you need to worry about. Look, you've got to begin moving and doing and, and you've got to flush down the toilet all the lies that say that you don't have the time to engage with the call of God on your life. You absolutely have time for anyone listening that says, I mean, I love to do what God's coming to do, but I just don't got the time. Then you've believed a lie, okay? You are a manager of time. You are a time steward in the same way that you are a steward of finances and resources. That you can wake up an hour earlier. You can go to bed an hour later. You can you can throw away your TV. You can shut off your internet. You can um, you can turn off. You you can log off your Facebook account. Like like if you don't have enough time, start to see yourself as a time manager, and all of a sudden you'll start to see yourself as a time creator. Um, uh, uh, this is one of the areas that I want to grow. This is one of the areas that I am challenging myself. Is uh, how does Darren become a better steward of time to the degree that I can steward time more efficiently, to the degree that I can be more more efficient in my leadership is to that same degree that I believe God will allow me uh, to engage with more profound opportunities because I can be entrusted. It's it, Oftentimes we think that he who is trusted with little can be trusted with much, and we apply that only when it comes to financial resources. But I'll tell you what's worth more than money, your time, okay? Uh, you only have so much time, okay? Uh, money, there, there's always gonna be plenty of money. There's always gonna be tons of money. Uh, don't worry about the money. Start to focus on your time. And if you are running, if you're running hard, if you're in ministry, you're doing stuff, you're volunteering, you're, 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 you're engaging with your call, then, then, then look at how you're running right now and ask yourself if you're pacing yourself for the long race. I used to beat myself up when I was new in ministry because I believed I had to have a testimony every single day. I believed there had to be a changed life every single day. I had this very weighty, crazy, pastoral kind of uh, thing that I was under where I felt like every single day there will be a transformed life because of my contribution until all of a sudden one day I realized that if I, if I kept running at that pace, that I wasn't going to be in the race very long. Maybe you can. Maybe you've got that crazy kind of endurance where you can like, you know. But um, just with uh, just with my role, with my function, it for me, it wasn't about Darren Stott doing the works of ministry. For me, Darren Stott has to be one who's training up the saints of God for works of ministry. And oftentimes that means that I don't actually get to do this stuff uh, hands-on every single day because I'm working with leaders who are working with leaders who are working with leaders who are working in the context of teams with the very people that are doing this stuff. So if I'm willing, right, if I'm willing to um, to invest who I am into others so that they can do what they've been called to do, um, oftentimes that's far more profitable than me going out and having a crazy story one afternoon. Don't get me wrong. 
love to do the stuff, right? Love to do the revival stuff. Love to get out there. I love to lead people to Jesus, okay? Um, but uh, again, it's really looking at our pace, at our contribution, and our call. So I hope this has been helpful to you. I hope this has been practical. Um, know that if you're going to do anything for the kingdom of God, then there's going to be a resistance. There's going to be demonic interference. And my hope is that in talking about some of this stuff and talking about some of my own battles and some of the stuff that it, that I've um, worked through, um, that it'll, it'll help you out uh, in your own leadership and life. And uh, the last thing, you know, I, I I didn't have this actually written down, but I've I've got I've got to actually say this is that remember that God is not your employer, that God is your father, okay? And um, and really, at the end of the day, community theology pace like that's fine. Really, I've got it. Like really, this must be said. At the end of the day, it's really all about my father. It's all about my my papa, my dad. It's all about the Lord who is my shepherd. And there's been so many times when, when, when my father, God has shown up in my life and has just, and has just crushed the enemy on my behalf. There's been so many times when I cried out to the Lord and he just showed up and saved the day. And that, um, that your, that your, that God is a father. He is a good and faithful father. And no matter what you're going through, Never be afraid to cry out to God and be completely honest with him. Never be afraid just to say, God, I need you right now. Dad, I need you right now. I need you in my life. And get this, he will always meet you. He will always show up. He will always, his fatherly presence will always show up within every trial. And um, because he's such a good, good father. He really, really is. And so I just wanted to end with that. That just needed to be said. I mean, that's probably the most important thing I've said on this whole episode, but it just, I can't state it enough that at the end of the day, this is not about task and duty or call or even destiny. It's about this incredible dynamic with God who is our awesome father. Love you guys. Guys, thanks so much for listening. Let me know what you thought about this. Facebook me, email me, uh, shoot me off a message, comment on this thing. Um, Also, Please rate and review it on iTunes. Uh, to do that, easiest way to get to that spot is just to go to the darrenshow.com. That'll redirect you to iTunes. Um, give it a star. One star means that like it's not that great, but five stars means that you think it's awesome, and that helps people out who aren't familiar with me. It uh, it hel- also helps iTunes out in uh, aggregating content for others who are searching for this kind of content. So uh, only you can do that. I can't do that, but please take the time. It'll take you five seconds. Go and do that right now. That'd be amazing. I love you. I'm cheering you on and we'll talk real soon.